Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm Angie, your host. And you guessed it, it's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Well, welcome back. It is great to be back here and I am a day late on my normal uh, postings. It has been crazy. I'm still trying to get a grip on having puppies. If you can see my, my, my girls are right here with me. If you're watching this on uh, YouTube. Um, but yeah, and I look like this because I decided to take them for a hike this morning and get out. And uh, before I got started with uh, post in here, so hope you're doing well. Welcome, welcome back. And if you're new to this show, welcome. Uh, my name is Angie, and I am an above knee amputee. I have been now for three years, and uh, yeah, just over three years. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to get on. I'm going to talk to people about life as an amputee, my personal journey, and how maybe I can help you. Um, whether you're on an amputee journey or you are just on your own little journey medically or you're just struggling with things in life and so we all have our problems mine's no bigger than anybody else's and i allow it or i don't allow it to be the center of my life and it's kind of funny because i'm always trying to help people do things and my husband reminds me that you do know that you're an amputee right and other people can step forward and I just, I don't see myself that way. So if that gives you kind of an insight of my life and the fact that I was out hiking this morning again, another couple miles, um, but it isn't always roses. And, you know, I debated whether I wanted to talk yesterday or not. And I just, I was busy with some things and I just thought, you know, it's okay. You know what? I do this because I want to do this. I do this because it's fun for me and it gets me a chance to kind of vocalize what I'm going through and it actually helps me in the uh, interim if it helps others and that's great but you know I get on I try to be as transparent as I can be and um, with that I I've had people reach out to me saying that they're not an amputee but what I said struck a chord and it may have uh, stimulated something in them to do better to do more to live differently so I talk a lot about mindset and as of um, December, I have become a certified personal trainer and, you know, I'm hoping to reach out and help fellow amputees um, living, live their best life because I have, that's the community I'm involved in right now, you know, and for the last three years, I've realized that there's quite a disparity between those amputees that are doing well and those that are not and those that are not really are struggling they're struggling with pain they're struggling with healing they're struggling with learning to use a prosthetic device they're struggling to get back to real life uh, quote unquote normal life and then there's others that are rock stars you know and you know paralympians and stuff that some of us that have been athletes all our life wish we could be at that level. And so I'm kind of hoping that with any of these podcasts that some aspect of them will help anybody going through something in their life. 
And today is one of those days where I get to be transparent with you that I'm, I've struggled uh, the last um, few weeks. I haven't done a ton, but that's not because I haven't been motivated to. Um, I've been exhausted because we got a new puppy. Um, gosh, it's probably been three or four weeks now. And the potty training thing, and she's a chihuahua. She's like five pounds. And so, you know, the bathroom breaks and having to potty train her all the time and through the night making sure she sleeps. And she's always looking for me at night. And she just wants to know that I'm there because as soon as I wake up and, um, you know, I, I was going to do a whole podcast on, you know, pets are great. Dogs are awesome for th- your own mental health. Um, but if you get one that's not potty trained and you either live alone or you are an amputee, even with a partner, like my husband's here, um, just like the kids, I'm more attuned to it because this is my kind of my full-time job is being at home, whereas my husband works. So he's busy and by nighttime he's exhausted and I'm the one that listens for the movement. I worry about her peeing on the rug in the middle of the night, things like that. So with that being said, I... <laughs> I have realized how hard it is. This is our first puppy as me being an amputee. You don't realize what that's like in the middle of the night. I I tried doing it. I didn't want to wake my husband up. And so a couple weeks ago, I thought, okay, I don't sleep with my leg on, just so you know. So I have crutches that I use throughout the night. If I have to get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or go to the, the kitchen or whatever, I use my crutches. And... um so if you have a puppy that doesn't know out or does not want to go outside where it's cold in the middle of our nights even though we're in Arizona the nights are very chilly and chihuahuas are just they're just they're small they're thin-coated they're they don't like the cold um trying to trying to get a puppy out the door when you know they have to go to the bathroom and you only have one leg in crutches. So I tried to pick her up and then tuck her in my hand where the crutch crutch hands are. And that did not work at all. But I was afraid if I put her down that she would just pee wherever she, she wouldn't go out. She'd just pee at the door. And so the first couple of times I did have to wake my husband up. Now I've come to the realization that I need to just crutch to the door, put my crutches aside, sit on the ground, coax her over to me right by the door and then when she comes to me open the door and kind of push her out the door while I try to stand quick get my crutches and not let her back in so it's been quite an experience I have to tell you um wasn't quite sure I was going to make it through those first few weeks now she doesn't really need to go out in the middle of the night and if she does she actually wants to go out and she actually runs to the door with me so we've avoided having to pick her up when I'm in crutches on the crutches. Um, <laughs> and I, I took them both out for hikes today. So they're, they are out cold next to me, just out. I took their collars off so they wouldn't shake and, and make the noise in the background. But they are completely out and on my chair with me. So all that being said, and I, I was, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I wonder how many amputees think, oh, I want to get a dog, but they don't realize and some amputees don't use crutches. They'll be in a wheelchair. So that's, you know, just as hard um, trying to get out a door quickly. It's just tough. And you just got to figure out what works for you. And 
Um, it's chaotic and it's messy at times and it's it, it, all I can say is chaos is, is basically how I would how I would word it. So the first few weeks were very chaotic, uh, especially the night times and I was beat. So it took me a while to get back to do my podcast this year. And then this last week, uh, you know, I, I started noticing throughout those couple weeks where I was just really kind of sitting around letting her sleep on me. I would get work done, get my, I was getting my corrective exercise certification. So I have that now done and I'm almost done with my fitness nutrition. I just got to finish the second part of the exam, which is all essays. And I'm not looking forward to writing essays. Um, but when I would sit down, she would lay next to me and sleep. And at that point, then I knew that I was off duty. I didn't have to worry about her peeing somewhere in the house. So whenever she'd start getting up and moving, then I would get up and move and I wouldn't sit down. That was exhausting enough, so I really didn't do any exercises. But I noticed that when I took my prosthesis off at night, even when I wasn't even doing any exercises, I was swollen and hard on the end of my limb. And that that hardness comes from what they call milking. And if my leg isn't in properly or if it shifts in size or shape or if I lose or gain weight, um, milking can happen where your leg goes so far down, but you may have some space at the very bottom. Like our bone isn't hitting down inside of it, but it's close. And when you don't get it in well enough, what happens is you're you're going in and you're kind of pulling out and pulling out and, and it kind of pulls and it hits in the bottom, pulls, hits in the bottom and it creates a swelling. And that swelling has no place to go, so it pools in the bottom of your limb hard, like a hard, like you, you've, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's hard, even though it's a swelling. And um, it, it was like that for a while, but it was doable because I really wasn't exercising. I wasn't really getting out and hitting the streets or the hills. But this week, I've gotten back and done probably six to eight miles out of my leg um, hiking, and it is getting beat up. And last night was just, it's frustrating, is all I can say, is it's frustrating because not only does it swell, but it bruises. So I have internal bruising happening. Now, I'm telling you guys, I haven't even talked to my my prosthetist yet because I just am dreading saying that there's a change happening. For those of you that don't realize it, but when change happens, which just, it happens, you know, I've been weighing myself. I keep track of my weight. I've only fluctuated up a couple, up, up, up and down a couple, two to three pounds since I've had this one. So it's not, I'm not anywhere out of the range. So it's not the weight. So it must be that my limb is changing a little bit in shape. Three years out and still changing. Um, so talk about you know, being persistent and, and diligent and keeping up with things. But when there's change like this and you kind of know that change is happening based on the fact that that was happening before I was even working out and then I started working out and it made it worse and the bruising started happening, then I know that there's change happening and change is going to have to happen to my socket and I hate change to my socket. I've done it. I I was really persistent the first year and then it starts to lose its excitement and newness to get new sockets or new fittings because with every new one, even though it's a better fit, 
it isn't at first. It's like putting on a brand new pair of gym shoes and going out and trying to run a mile or run a half marathon and finding out where, where it rubs you raw. Well, that's the same thing with our sockets. So as much as I don't want to feel what I'm feeling, I also don't want to go in and tell him it's happening because I know it's gonna, he's going to have to make some changes. Then I'm going to have to feel that out, see if that makes it better or worse. And it could make it worse. And then if it does, then we change this and we change that. We make this tweak and we make that tweak. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm being a baby, but I don't want to do it. I'm just, I want it to be status quo for more than four or five months. And I'm still there. Like, I think this, I got this leg, I'm going to guess August maybe. So September, October, November, December, January, we're like five months and now I'm noticing a change in my limb and the way my limb is. So I'm frustrated. And I thought, well, you know what? That in and of itself, you have to know, is just a part of the journey as an amputee. Um, it is a part of the character building that happens when you become an amputee. Uh, if you have any medical problems, if you have really bad back pain or neck issues or fused vertebrae or a bad hip or shoulder, whatever you are going through, and even if it's an invisible pain that no one else can see, like mine is very visual, obviously, with having a leg missing. And I don't hide it. I don't want to hide it because there's no reason I... I'm proud of what I've been through to get to this point, and I'm proud of how far I've come as an amputee. I'm not going to hide it. it. It is who I am, and I embrace it, and I love it, and I it's a conversation piece. I have met some amazing people on hiking trails and in shopping centers and in grocery stores and just having conversations. People, you know, if you smile at them, you know, and I do, I smile and I say, hey, especially if I notice they're looking, I make them feel comfortable and then they'll say, can I ask a question? And then it starts a whole conversation, which I completely invite and I love. So why hide it? But when you struggle like this, a lot of people tend to pretend that it's not there and it doesn't happen. And you won't see amputees talk about it because one, they don't want to come across as complaining. I'm sure a lot of them are like that, people that I know. And some might actually think of it as a weakness that they're going through a problem or even worse. And you may be at this point is whatever you're going through, maybe you feel like a failure because it's happening and you don't want to admit it. Because if you admit there's a problem, then it makes it more real. You know, people will say that if I actually talk about it, that makes it real. It makes it concrete and, it, and, and I can't avoid it anymore. So whatever your reason is for hiding whatever you're going through, no, you're not alone. Um, I have great days and I have bad days. I have horrible mornings when I'm racing to get my leg on so I can get a puppy outside to the bathroom. Um, and then I'll feel better a couple hours later. I mean, I literally, within two hours can change, everything can change. Like today, putting it on, I was so swollen last night and actually rubbed a section raw. And it was burning like a, like an like an Indian burn. I don't know, it's probably Native American burn. That's probably not politically correct anymore. But you remember when we used to do the snake bite, when you twisted people's arms, you had that burn? That's kind of the feeling I had at the bottom of my limb last night. Even after I took my leg off, 
the burn did not go away. It felt like I was just sizzling. And then you wake up in the morning and the bruising's there, the swelling's gone down, and the burn is still there. And then you go, let's put it on again. And I put my leg on, for those that have asked me, I do put it on first thing in the morning and now even more so because the longer I keep it off, the more fluids from the night that have kind of drawn out of my limb are now gravity's pulling back down to my limb, which makes it tighter to put on, and then I don't put it on correctly. So I learned the hard way. And now with the puppy, I'm literally getting it on at like six o'clock in the morning. I fidget with it a little bit with the valve. Sometimes, not very often, but maybe twice since we've had her, I've taken it off and readjusted and it's been better. Um, and I keep it on until I go to bed. So it might be on till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I never take it off. I don't take it off in the middle of the day unless it's summertime here and I'm in the pool. That is the only time I will actually take off my leg. Otherwise, um, it just is, it is me. And that's why I don't even think of myself as disabled or an amputee because I'm so used to it, pain and all. Right now, as I'm talking to you, my calf that isn't there is tingling. My foot is kind of numb and tingling like, um, like my foot's falling asleep, like really bad and I need to shift. And you'll see me shift if you watch the video on YouTube for my podcasts, you'll see me shift every once in a while. It's just to rearrange where my leg is. As much as I move my foot, I know my foot's not really feeling it. It's a nerve somewhere in my thigh where my my socket is. So I kind of readjust where my leg is in my socket. But um, anyway, today we'll see. I did go for a two-mile hike with the pups and... I'm a little sore right now. I can feel it. It's not sore like a bruise sore, but it is, I can tell the bruising is still there and I can tell that I'm a little bit still tender where the rawness was. So the burning is a little bit still there. And um, when I sit for a while after doing an exercise and I get back up, then everything hurts again. So I got to kind of, almost like your body floods itself with um, a certain hormone that just kind of takes pain away and kind of numbs you. I, I really count on that. That's a really, really amazing feature of our bodies. And uh, it's just that first time of getting up. So when I get done with this podcast, I will look like an old lady trying to get out of my seat and start walking around. And then I'll be fine. And I'll be moving around. And I might even go for a walk later with the dogs. I'll be fine. But it's like the first few minutes after sitting for a while that my leg's like, yeah, nope, don't like it. Today, I wanted to also talk about, um, you know, like I said, the transparency is that I'm struggling right now. I will push through. I will learn about myself a little bit more internally and mentally what I'm capable of. Um, I haven't talked to my prosthetist about this yet. Some of you might be like, why are you waiting? One, because I don't want to change. And I know that's what he's going to suggest. Two, I don't want to drive all the way out there because it's like 45 minutes just to get out there. And then it's not through easy easy spaces. It's, you know, highway driving and I usually end up going in the afternoon and then I'm coming back in traffic. Um, so I'm heading down past Phoenix. Um, but I also have to learn about myself. When I first became an amputee, every little thing was new. Every twing, uh, twang, every uh, um, numbness, every tingling, every pinch, every nerve ending everything was really really new 
and I would text him like all the time or call him and say, listen, this is happening. And I'm like, is it, is this, and I'd say normal, which now I know is not the case, but is this a common effect is what I should say. Is this common? Is this something that not out of the ordinary that you would expect me to say after what I've done, you know, which was usually hiking or doing something extreme. And he'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, no, maybe you should come in. We should check this. We should check that. And he'd make his little tweaks here and there to my, he might add some padding to tighten up the way it fits between the soft and the hard part of the socket. But as I'm further and further out from that very first socket, I have learned not to jump the gun because a fix of what's going on now could create something worse in the interim you know uh, he may make a fix that will cause me to rub myself really raw on the bone because I have bone hitting the back of my socket so if he puts a pad in a certain area and it has happened where I've had to just take the pad out once once I've gotten home and done some workouts on it you know kind of you don't know how good you have it until you realize that you've lost what was actually pretty good and so I'm learning that and I, I hope you hear this. If you're going through issues, sometimes what you're going through is doable enough. If I wasn't going to get out because I didn't have a way to manipulate the puppy to move with me because she wasn't used to a leash, she definitely wasn't even used to her collar. That was all new. And now she's getting used to it and we've taken small walks around the neighborhood. Then I jumped her into doing a hike, a short hike, and then we've elongated the hike. Now I'm active. So now I'm starting to feel the uh, bigger effects of what was going on. But before, there was no reason for me to be like, hey, I've been sitting on the couch all day and I'm swelling. Well, that's not my norm. So I needed to slow down and just observe, right? Take some more mental notes, even some physical notes. Some of you that are still learning yourself and, and what you're going through, you feel like it's debilitating and it might be. But make sure you're not jumping the gun because you might jump yourself right into a worse situation. Sometimes a fix isn't always a great thing. And sometimes a fix goes through a negative period where you're just trying to find the new norm. Or um, for us, it's kind of like, like I, I always go back to, it's putting on a pair, a new pair of shoes. You can wear those shoes for a marathon, but you probably wouldn't take them out of the box and hit the road and try to do 26.2 miles. You would break them in. Same thing happens with our sockets. We have to do a break-in period. And when that happens, we have um, rubbing on certain areas that our bodies have to either get used to or we have to fix. Um, and it may move a little differently. It may your Your limb might sit differently in it. And all those things will affect your new healing. And every time we put a new socket on, we have to go through a new healing process and getting used to it, just like a new pair of shoes. So that's why I haven't rushed off. Now, as soon as I get done with this, and probably before I actually post it, I will talk to my, my prosthetist. I'll probably text him after this and let him know. I just don't want to go in. But I also, it's frightening to take your leg off at night and notice that your limb looks very different and then you feel it and it feels really different. It's kind of scary because um, you just, you don't want anything to be wrong and you know, your imagination runs away from you. I know what it is. I logically know what's going on, but in the same respect you go, but what if, 
and so I do need to report to him changes and and um, like I said, we're coming on to three years that I've had my prosthetic. I think I got it at the end of March, beginning of April, three years ago. And so, you know, I've been through this enough to know now when it's time to, to bite the bullet and when I need to go in, when I need to talk to him. So in the interim of that, and I know he's going to ask me probably to come in next week, um, I thought, you know what, really briefly, because I'm going to make this short, short and sweet for me, um, you guys know I can talk with the best of them. Uh, that's the ele- uh, middle school teacher in me. I can talk and talk and talk. And you can ask my kids because I talk too much. But I thought, you know what? I wanted to talk about breathing because um, breathing is an extremely normal occurrence for all of us. But it's also done so poorly by us, especially in times of stress. And I thought, well, what better lead in? Last night, I was really feeling stressed. I got really angry. And then I got a little frightened and a little uh, anxious about that my leg was more swollen, more hard. And the bruising was really bad last night and the burn. And I thought, okay, practice what you've been learning with your your CPT um, certification, and that's breathing. And before you can really help anybody, you need to help yourself with your breathing. And so just doing some slow, deep breathing, we tend to go shallow. If you notice your breathing, you tend to be shallow. And we have learned that if we sit upright and we we tuck in and tighten up our core, we tend to breathe with our chest, which is really shallow. And that is the incorrect way to breathe. You're actually supposed to feel your stomach rise and fall when you breathe, right? Because your lungs are filling up. So you want to fill your diaphragm up. It's diaphragm, diaphragm, diaphragmatic breathing. And so I want to challenge you um, this week for your call to action is whenever you start to feel stressed, whenever you start to kind of lose control of your emotion or where you're at in your journey, before you leap into a panic or start to build up a well of tears, or give up, for God's sake, I want you to do some breathing. And the best way to to learn to do this right is to actually find a place where you feel comfortable and you can lay on your back. And once you lay on your back, and you can put your knees up so they're bent, if you can't do that, just lay flat, maybe put something under your lower back so you're not arched. And you want to put one hand up on your chest and one hand on your stomach. And practice breathing where your stomach rises and falls. Not your chest, not your upper hand, but your lower hand. And learn to breathe in through your nose real deep and out your mouth. And nice, slow, deep breathing. Work on using your diaphragm so your stomach should rise and fall with your breathing and you should breathe in your nose and out your mouth and just do that for a little bit close your eyes and just be at peace where where you're at find quiet time and if I can find that quiet time with a new puppy in the house you can do it and so just my call to action would be If you can at least do some breathing exercises once a day, even for like a minute, you know, put a timer on, 
put a timer on next to you, uh, next to your bed or next to the floor with your phone, lay down, hit go, close your eyes and focus on deep breathing through your nose and let your stomach rise and your stomach fall. If you feel your chest rising and falling, then you're not really engaging a deep, great breath that's going to cleanse your body and slow your heart rate down and slow your emotions down. With that kind of breathing, you're also going to find that you control yourself a little bit better. And then you might actually find yourself in the middle of rush hour, deep breathing before you react to a crazy driver or after your kid gets home and they got a ticket or maybe you're, you just burned your pasta and you don't have dinner now. Whatever it is that stresses you out, maybe you had a bad doctor appointment and you don't know what to do. Stop for a moment and give yourself that little bit of peace and, and that energy that will come back to you will be amazing. And then you might get to the point where you're getting so good at it that whenever you feel your heart rate starting to rise and your emotions starting to get a little out of control, you will engage the diaphragm breathing and you will just slow things down before you react. So I'm, I'm hoping that'll help you. That's one of the big things that before I can really start working with anybody um, as a personal trainer is that we need to work on, on breathing skills. So if you are in need of someone to get you back on track, um, an accountability coach, someone who, um, uh, if you need someone to motivate you and just put you on the right path with some information, some tidbits of, uh, just reach out to me. I would love to help you. Um, you can find me at be a warrior 360 on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find, um, you can contact me through my www.bawarrior360.com, my website, where you can also hear all my podcasts and see some, um, I usually post a little write-up for each podcast and add in some personal pictures. So sometimes when I'm talking about certain things, then it, it pertains, my pictures pertain to that. And so, um, you know, that's always there. And I really actually should start putting that in on my YouTube channel. I never put my I never put my website or my, my Instagram or Facebook handles on there, um, but I probably should so that you can look me up there. I do have personal accounts under Angie Huser, but really the BA Warrior 360 is where I'm going to post more of the stuff to help you kind of get motivated and to kind of live your best life and where I can try to help you feel empowered in your life. And, I, you know, that's... I my way of trying to give back. Um, I've been very fortunate to be around some amazing people that have um, helped me rise to the challenge, people that have not left my side, people in the medical field and friends and family who have motivated me to get back to a normal life, normal, um, to feel like me again, and to realize that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. So a lot of it is... Um, mental toughness and if you need some guidance with how to get your mental game sharper reach out to me i would love to help you so on that note i i'm actually in 30 minutes it's really impressive uh, sometimes i talk way too long but i'm excited uh, for the future i'm excited 
to see where you're at. I'd love to hear your stories and, and have you reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or Facebook. You can go to my website and, and write me. Um, but please let me know where I can help. And I really, really hope that you got something out of this podcast that is of use to you. And just know that um, you're not alone, that we all fight a battle. We all struggle. We all have bad days. And we all have great days. And it's our job to just kind of live the best that we can and honor um, ourselves and our families with our best life. So take care. Have a great rest of your week. Have an amazing weekend. Recharge your batteries. And until next time, be healthy, be happy, be you.